there. This is It's All Good, a Block Club Chicago podcast. I'm your host, John Hansen, and this is episode number 90. And I'm thrilled for this week to be joined by our new, well, new-ish, been there a while now, a little bit arts and culture editor, Gwen Einat. Gwen, it's so good to chat with you on It's All Good. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I've been here um, just over a month, so I would say newish. Yeah, we'll go with newish. I like that. And our Imagine dedicated readers have already noticed a shift in our coverage, not a shift in what Block Club Chicago is all about, but an embracement and a expansion of covering arts and culture. What what do you define arts and culture in Chicago as? What What's your beat and uh, your area that the, cover, the reporters uh, work on with you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the reporters were already doing a great job, I think, of covering arts and culture, you know, everything from like Street Fest to book signings to, you know, whatever, but there's a lot to cover and there's a lot of daily stuff that they also have to cover. So what am I, I'm like the features editor as opposed to the news editor, right? I'm the color commentary. I'm the less urgent, but sometimes more fun than a lot of the stuff that we're covering news wise. And I, you know, my beat, I have like a long list and it's like books, movies, music, festivals, comics. I really want to get more comics, art, uh, museums, dance, theater, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much open to whatever I, it's not a, it's not a hard and fast rule. And then you like, you never know. I've got a, a story going up this week that I love about this family that has made it their mission to go out and visit every single uh, park in the Chicago park district system. Oh, cool. So that- I know. And it's, I, there's like over 600 and they've already hit like over 300. I mean, they've been doing it for years. Just like this mom with like her son and twins and wanted to get the kids out of the house and just turn into like this huge project. Oh, man. And it's just like a really fun story. I don't know, you know, if it's arty, it's culture, but it's it's fun and we're running it. It also feels like it could be episode 91 if it's all good. So we'll talk after the podcast <laughs> <That's true. laughs> because that's a really great story. Has arts and culture kind of always run through your veins? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, to start off, I'm about 100. So we have to go way back. And I'm lifelong Chicagoan. You think I'm kidding. But like in the 90s, I was writing for the Illinois Entertainer still around still in print, but like at like the peak of like the Chicago alt rock times. That was just I mean, that was like I was super young and super poor. But that was just such a fun job to have in Chicago. But that's really where I like kind of started writing about this kind of stuff. I wound up being an editor at the Chicago History Museum for about uh, almost a decade. So I'm filled with Chicago trivia. I'm really good at trivia contests, Um, but like minutia stuff about the city. I just love exploring. Um, I still, you know, I love it here. I'm raising my kids here. I, I love the city so much. That's what's another great thing about this job is just being able to explore every corner, every avenue and bring it to the forefront, not just like the north side or downtown but like you know let's go west let's go south let's get you know far northwest just get everything um to the forefront uh so there for a while and then um most recently probably applicable to this job i was at the av club which is like the pop culture arm of the onion i so i did tv reviews film comics lots of interviews with people so it, it, it is generally my wheelhouse. And I again, I feel like the luckiest person in the world that my job is to promote all the cool stuff happening in Chicago. That just, I, I feel like I should be paying them, but you know, I should probably take the money. I don't don't say that too loudly. Yeah, take that I money. Know. And uh, yeah, I feel that same way 
getting to work for such an awesome nonprofit newsroom, which does great work. I feel like you could write a whole book or article about the 90s scene, by the way. What is like the one venue that was like your favorite place to to see a show Um, that's still around or that's gone now? It's funny you should mention because I did do at AV Club, I did an oral history about that time period because I was so wedded to it. And I still know so many of the people that were involved. I just did an interview like just a couple of weeks ago with Louise Post from Veruca Assault. She was coming. Um, they had to cancel the show I, due to illness. I don't know if COVID reared its ugly head again or something, but it was so fun to talk to her because, yeah, I just remember so much from that time period. So I did like this huge oral history at AV Club and Scott Lucas from Local H was one of my main interviews. And he's like, when I smell a book, I don't know. I think you should, you know, so I don't know. I have that with all my downtime, you know, something to think about that. <laughs> but my favorite, it's a good question. My favorite, favorite place, still my favorite place is Metro. Just classic. When I was a kid and it was called Cabaret Metro. I remember this, my mom dropping me off there as a teenager, like to go see the English beat, you know, like now my kids are teens. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would, now I would like just drop them off there and like, see you later. But <laughs> you know, um, and back in the day without phones or anything, but I loved it back then. And then I was just there a couple like a week and a half ago to see Cheap Tricks 40th anniversary show. Um, and it's still great. It's when I took a friend, she'd never been there before. And like, like, oh, it's my favorite place. And then you go and you see it through a new per- a person's eyes. And they're like, like, so it's kind of grungy. And the bathrooms are all the way upstairs. And I used to smoke here a lot. I don't <laughs> smoke anymore. But, um, but it's great. You know, and it is, it's just a such a fun, awesome place to see a show and it still is. Yeah. Just from the facade on in, it's really mm-hmm. cool. We could talk about 90s and all that for a long time, but let's get into some of the stories that you guys have really kind of did dove into some of our reporters have since you got started. And I wanted to first talk about the national story that we all talk about, obviously SAG-AFTRA, the WGA on this uh, con- you know, concurrent strike for the first time in a long, long, long time. But that mm-hmm. has impacts here in Chicago and Clint Worthington uh, did a piece for us about that. Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, I, the great thing about Block Club uh, as you know, is that it's hyper local, you know, it's within city limit boundaries, um, but there are a lot of national stories and how is that affecting us here personally? So when the SAG strike happened, I mean, I had a ton of questions like uh, if I have Shakespeare season tickets, you know, am I still gonna be able to go? Turns out, yes, because they're different unions, but these are like things I just, I didn't know. So uh, uh, Clint, this was his first story for us and I'm super excited. Um, he's an editor at the school um, and he and I have crossed paths in the in the past. Uh, he did, but he's very connected. Um, he was an entertainment writer that I knew. So he was very connected to a lot of different people. Um, and then I reached out um, just, you know, on social media and heard from a woman who was uh, training to become a strike captain. Um, so just kind of like what, you know, what's the strike about? What does this mean for them? How does it affect one angle we took that I don't know a lot of places does? What does this mean for like the trades people? You know, people who aren't in um, SAG-AFTRA or the WGA and but they're, you know, if you're the electrician or the carpenter or whatever, you're still not working because, you know, one of the guys we talked to said Cinespace is basically just a ghost town. So just trying to, you know, get the whole big picture of who's being affected, um, why they're doing what they're doing and what, you know, what are the possible next steps look like. So yeah. I, I thought he did it and in a short period of time, too, that's. And, you know, that's kind of like par for the course around here. Um, right. He turned that around really quickly and it was really, I mean, he had like five or six sources. I think it was really well done. 
Right. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a different vibe, obviously, in Chicago than New York or L.A. And mm-hmm. there had been such a momentum behind Chicago's film and TV footprint. Uh, and then you get kind of this double kick of covid and then now this. Yeah, a lot of the unions are having to just go to like totally different jobs completely. Like mechanics union, I think we talked to probably local 134. Like they just, you know, there's there's nothing at the space where they usually work. So they have to they have to venture outward. I mean, I'm actually thinking of like um, big picture stories, but that's top of mind with me a lot is what's happening with um, all kinds of um, theatrical performance. Look what the looking glass just announced right they're pausing productions for a year and they're laying off 50 percent of their staff steppenwolf just opened no man's land with jeff perry but i think they're saying it's like the last show of the season so what does that mean for next year um we just did a story this week too about midnight circus saying they have to they're not gonna be able to do the regular tour this year because of funding issues and it's really um, I, I want to dive into it deeper because, I mean, it's one of the things that Chicago is known for. Right. We have this amazing theater comedy background. You know, think of all the bazillion of famous people who've come through here. And if this stuff is getting pared down, you know, where where is the talent? The talent is going to go to the coast when they should be like nurturing themselves here, like Tina Fey did and Amy Poehler and Chris Farley and people like that. So, right. yeah, it's a. And the post-COVID theater world is something I'm also thinking about for like future stories, for sure. For sure. Okay, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Jamie Nesbitt-Golden got a chance to talk with Toya Wolf, who wrote last summer on State Street. And this story meant something to you, too. Yeah, I I love the story. I like I um, I can tear up just thinking about it because when I read it, I was just like, wow, this is exactly the kind of stuff that I want us to be covering here. Um, Toya Wolf's debut novel, and it won an award uh, at the Newberry. But it was already on my. It's funny, like my my mom's neighborhood book club had already like saying we want to read this. Um, and so then I'm like, oh, and it won this award. Oh, I hope we can get this writer. And then um, Jamie got to talk to her. And Jamie, as it turned out, grew up not too far away from uh, on State Street near the Robert Taylor homes that Toya talks about in her book. And everybody, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Everybody in Chicago should read this book. Like, it shows you just how unbelievably segregated the city is, what people, you know, how much fewer opportunities certain people have just based on, like, geography and where they're living. And, you know, a lot, you know, you look at crime in Chicago, but people who grew up, you know, in in the Taylor homes, like, for a lot of these, like, Toya focuses on, like, young boys getting into gangs because what other options do they really have? You know, that's what they're surrounded by. Uh, and so it's told from the perspective of like a young girl growing up, she has her three friends and they all kind of grow apart and it explores that relationship. But, you know, she sees her brother get into a gang um, and just the exploration of it. It was just amazing. And, uh, and of course I was just sobbing at the end. It's uh, so I'm not even like, I, I feel like I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm not, I mean it. And I think she got a TV deal. I think it's coming to um, probably the small screen also, which I'm glad because it's a story that needs to be told everywhere. 
For sure. I haven't read it yet last summer on State Street, but uh, you've convinced me. Jamie Nesbitt Golden's article is uh, just posted on the middle of last month. Uh, you can find it at blockclubchicago.com. Okay, I know a lot of times people's extent of arts and culture is, what can I do this weekend? <laughs> Which is fine, right? Because we have so much to do in Chicago. And I feel like we all get in our roots of like our routine of what a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday looks like. And there's a couple different things we wanted to highlight that are maybe a little bit different, maybe a little cool for Chicagoans that they can do soon or even this weekend, right? Let's start with Tron. What's that all about? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So we should just call this section like your Lala alternatives. You know, Oh, that's you a good point. Yes. You don't want to go downtown and you'll be surrounded by um, sweaty uh, people and expensive drinks. Um, you can go to Tron exhibit is at uh, Chicago Game Space, which is in Logan Square, and it's kind of like a, it's like a, it, it sounds awesome. It's it's like part gaming space, but also kind of a museum. So it has a lot of those vintage games. And for Tron, they brought back like the original Tron game. And um, like I said, I'm I'm a hundred, so I remember Tron. Um, but if You're you not a hundred, Gwen. Stop it. <laughs> almost, I'll be a hundred. Um, it's a. Uh, Tron was like in 1982, this great sci-fi movie with Jeff Bridges about uh, somehow, you know, somehow this like computer developer gets zapped into the game that he designed. Um, it's called the exhibit is called Light Cycles because that's like the famous like Tron action sequence of the two like um, bikes uh, that are like basically beams of light riding around each other. And that was a, a video game. So this exhibit has... Um, you know, shows the game. There's like the Tron discs, like all the games from the movie. It has a ton of like memorabilia related to Tron, like the Rolling Stone cover and the like the various like DVDs or um, old VHS uh, options available. And our writer, Bobby Reed, uh, who I have known for a long time, he's uh, currently been covering uh, Pitchfork for the Sun-Times. But I asked him, like, are you a Tron fan? And he sends me, like, this autographed picture of the female lead in the movie Cindy Morgan. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're familiar. So <laughs> so you're in, yes. So he that's... turned out to be, like, a really great person to cover that. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I, that's kismet there. The Tron ex exhibition's at Chicago Game Space, and it's been extended through basically the whole month of August. It's only $8 to get in and $5 for kids if they're under the age of 12. And you mentioned uh, uh, Bobby Reed, who wrote the story. I just want to read his lead to everyone because it's so great. He's <laughs> out of the Logan Square neighborhood. In a brick building on a narrow street below the 606 trail, adventurous explorers can enter cyberspace without fear of getting zapped by digital villains. Ooh, that got <laughs> me on. And that's great writing, Bobby Reed. Uh, also going on this weekend is uh, Cat Video Fest. What the heck is that? Yeah, I mean, I know it just gets better, right? Like, <laughs> like, like forget it, Lollapalooza. We're going to Cat Video Fest, which is, I'm here to tell you, amazing. And I don't even have cats. Um, but um, I took my, my daughter went through a, a phase of wearing cat ears a lot. So I took her and her friend a couple of years ago. So I'm here to tell you Cat Video Fest. Fest is awesome. Um, it, it is a national thing where people send in um, submissions of like they have all these cat videos that they have to curate and, you know, break down into like the whatever. It's probably like an hour long um, selection and it plays at various theaters across the country. Music Box Theater uh, by Addison and Southport has been the host of it for 
I think um, every year that it's been in Chicago. But what's cool this year is that it's um, doing a benefit with, I think it's called Red Door Shelter. Uh, 10% of ticket prices are going to go to help the shelter. And also, on um, it's going to run this weekend, but then it's also going to run on Tuesday the 8th. And on Tuesday the 8th, there's going to be kittens available for adoption oh. at viewing. Yeah. So you know how the music box has that great like lounge yeah. next to it? Um, so the kittens, I'm assuming, will be in the lounge. And then you can't like just pick up your kitten and go home that day, but you could probably like, pick out your kitten and then follow up later. Um, again, we're just going to go for the kittens. Uh, I don't think my dog would be happy if I came home with a new pet, but you never know. I just picture like at the end of the viewing, at the end of the showing, they just open the curtains and out comes the cat, the kittens mm-hmm. just to cascade down the rows and the aisles. Uh, but no, yeah. they probably have it a lot more organized than that. That's an obvious connection, right? If you, you fall in love with kittens while you watch this, you're probably already in love with kittens and cats if you go and see this. Uh, again, that's this weekend with an encore performance next Tuesday at the very famed historic Music Box Theater at 3733 North Southport. Another reason why I wanted to talk to you, Gwen, not only to talk about the great stories you guys have already been working on. Do you want pitches? Do you want to hear from people, listeners about things going on? I'm sure you're inundated with them. But one of the beauties of what we do at Block Club Chicago is we just don't only listen to PR firms. Of course, we want to hear from everyday readers, listeners, and they should be reaching out, huh? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for mentioning that, because, yeah, I've, I've it's my pinned tweet on my Twitter Um I will never call it that other thing and I'll, I'll be there, I guess, till it goes under, but on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, my pitches are wide open. My, or my email is Gwen at blockclubshy.org. Please send me, um, whatever. If you're a writer, uh, interested in covering something, you know, if you have any clips, you can send me, that's awesome too. But even if you just have an event, um, for example, the, the game space, the Tron exhibit, that was an email I got from the, guy who runs GameSpace, Jonathan, he's like, hey, did you know about this exhibit? And I'm like, no, I did not. Um, because much as I would love to like just be able to absorb everything in every single neighborhood, I would love that. Um, but my brain is uh, is not that huge. And um, sometimes I need a little help with coverage. So I am grateful to people who send me their press releases, um, their info, even if you're a writer and just say, hey, heads up, you should know about this. Um, we're, you know, and we're all like that here. We read our emails. We'll probably get back to you. We're very responsive and uh, we want to know what's going on and we, but we can't be everywhere, but that's, what's great about block club is like our readers are part of the, part of the program, right? They're part of the effort. They are. They really are. Obviously they're part of it, especially if you're a subscriber. I mean, you fund what we do. You are the backbone of what block club Chicago is. Even if you don't have those means, perhaps tell us what's happening in your neighborhoods, whether it's arts and culture with Gwen, whether it's the news in the neighborhood, reach out to your neighborhood reporter or to the team at blockclubchicago.org. Go to the website. There's all the information about that. But that is how we stay connected. Uh, We just had our gala a month ago or two months ago, and it just felt so nice to interact with some of our readers because it is a little strange that we put stuff on podcast TV and, of course, the website, the main hub and uh we don't often all see all of our readers, so it was really nice to catch up with people. Um, but I'm babbling on. I think they get it. So 
if you're listening at minute 20 of the It's All Good Block Club Chicago podcast, you probably have the merch already and <laughs> you're already on board. Gwen, it was so great to meet with you, to chat with you, and I am so looking forward. It's such a great, uh, you're such a great addition to the team, and I cannot Thank wait you. to see what you and your team of writers and our reporters do. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'll do it anytime. Happy August, everyone. Go enjoy Lala if you want to. That's fine. We're not judging. You're just going to be sweaty. And we'll drop another pod on you next week. 